Welcome to the Financial Coaches Podcast, where we talk about how to build your practice from startup to scale up while being the kind of coach your clients crave. Finally, a podcast for financial coaches. Here are your hosts, Maria Casillas and Cody Sizemore. All righty, guys. Welcome back to the Financial Coaches Podcast. I am Cody Sizemore, one of your co-hosts, joined here with Maria Casillas. And hello. today, yes, hello, hello. And today we are going to be talking about the topic of, uh, what was it? It was stages of change, stages of change. So this is one that Maria is like very passionate about. And I'm going to be basically like learning alongside of you guys. And um, she kind of gave me a very quick synopsis of it before we started recording. And honestly, it sounds very, very exciting and something that I think could be very uh, beneficial and valuable to every coach listening, um, whether you're just now starting off or, you know, you're a seasoned vet, you know? Um, mm -hmm. So let's take a dive in. Maria, why don't you uh, kind of give us a quick little intro on, on the topic and we'll go from there. Yeah. So this is, um, this is something that the reason I'm passionate about it is not because it's exciting, uh, but because it actually is useful for us. And this came like from 20 years ago when I was studying for my master's degree in counseling. And I, as you may or may not know, if you've been listening to the podcast for a little while, what my master's was in specifically was in addictions. And so there was a lot of information and study around behavior change. And I have said from the very beginning of me opening my coaching business, that a lot of what I learned back then for behavior change in terms of um, addictions, excuse me, is also very applicable to what we do with our clients when it comes to money. Because as you guys know, the way that we deal with money is like 20% numbers and 80% behavior. So that is why this is so important. And the thing about this is, you guys, is this is not something that you're actually going to have to teach to your clients per se, although I have done that if it seems like it's the right thing to do and it kind of empowers our clients to know a little bit more. Uh, but this is something just for you to kind of tuck in your back pocket and have for yourself as a resource of understanding human behavior and why our clients might be doing some of the things that they're doing when they do them. So what I'm hoping to do today as Cody helps walk me through this with you is to kind of give you a high level view of what stages of change are, where they came from, why they were studied in the first place, and then kind of pare down a little bit and give you some practical steps that you can take as a coach with your clients in front of you to help walk them through the different stages of change. So how does that sound, Cody? Sounds fantastic to me. Um, awesome. and I, and I, think, I think that your background with like the whole addiction thing, mm -hmm. um, I mean, I think that that is actually something that uh, is very parallel with what we do um, because, you know, our clients, while they might not have like an, like a hard addiction to things, um, you know, there are some people who have spending habits that you could borderline call addictive tendencies yeah. um, and, and helping those people like see that and kind of break that, that cycle is oftentimes very, very beneficial, not only to them, but then also to you, because, you know, you're obviously helping them walk through that and you're getting that kind of um, experience under your belt so you can help other people do that too. Yeah. So I see a lot of parallels there for sure. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and a lot of what, like the, one of my favorite therapies, if you will, uh, back in the day was called cognitive behavior therapy. And what that really does is it helps us recognize the, the relationship between the way we think, the way we feel, and the way that we behave. And so even if somebody is not addicted to a specific drug, it's still the reason that you're seeing those parallels is because the way that we spend money is so often related to the way we think and the way that we feel, whether it's about money specifically. I mean, we do talk about money scripts, the way we think about money. Um, but there's also just like if you're just feeling anxious or you're feeling bored or you're feeling happy. I mean, a lot of times if our habit is to feed that emotion with something that we purchase or even um, like investing in something, you know, like if we're super impulsive individuals, you're going to start to see some of those parallels for that reason, I think. So so that's why it's so important uh, for us to understand this. But the other reason that it's important for us as coaches to understand this is because a lot of times we, when we like either ask somebody if they want to work with us or we offer our services to somebody or we're actually working with them already, their response to us may feel like a, I don't want to say like a personal dig or, or anything like that, but if someone's resistant to something, for example, we're going to be like, oh, they're just not ready, right? We, we start to put that label onto somebody. And if you can have a really strong understanding of these stages of change and recognize uh, that we all go through these different stages and you can start to go, you know what, maybe this person is in this particular stage. So they're not, their resistance, yes, is there, but it's not, it doesn't mean because they're not ready. It just means that I, I need to recognize where they are and then my favorite thing is always what? Meet someone where they are, right? So we're, this is going to help you go and meet them where they are so that you can then help bring them through those stages so they can be in a spot where they're ready to work with you. So um, yeah. let's go through the stages without further ado so people at least have a, that high level view. I'll tell you, um, I like giving credit where credit is due. The people who studied this all those years ago, and it was many more than 20 years ago, um, are Prochaska and DiClemente. I think there was a third person as well. I admittedly don't remember that name for some reason, so the I'd have to look that up. The, first, the fact that you remember the first two names is pretty impressive anyway. I'm impressed, too, because but. I don't remember what we ate for dinner yesterday, and I can't remember my kids' names yeah. half the time anymore. So, so yeah, that's actually it's actually something for me to celebrate. Um, but Prochaska de Clementi, they did a smoker cessation program, and they studied a whole bunch of smokers and tried to figure out when they were trying to help them quit what kinds of things did they go through? And they developed these or identified these six different stages. So um, in a nutshell, they are pre-contemplation, where someone is like not even thinking that there's a problem. People might call that denial. Um, then they go to contemplation, where they're recognizing that things aren't the way they necessarily want them to be. And so they're like, I don't know, maybe I'll make a change. But then they realize that change really kind of sucks. <laughs> So they're like, ah, they're on the fence, right? So that's pre-contemplation. I mean, that's contemplation. Then we go to where they made that decide the, the deciding factor, and they're like, yep, I'm ready to make a change, and we move into the third stage, which is called preparation. That is pretty self-explanatory. Once they've prepared, then they move into action. From action, there are two different places that they can go. One is maintenance. That's really where we want people to go. But the reality is oftentimes they then kind of get out of maintenance and or skip maintenance altogether and go right to relapse. And relapse is where we go back to our old habits in full form or partial form. And then our job as, as coaches is to help them move through relapse and then recycle 
through that, uh, basically all those stages until they have a permanent exit out of maintenance. Got it. Yeah. Um, I, I personally can already tell you that I, I, as you were going through all of those different stages, I was like trying to think about, um, experiences that I've had with, with either people who are like prospects or, you know, potential clients, um, whether it just be talking to them before I even hop onto a call. Mm-hmm. Um, also during the consultation and even my clients themselves as well. And I, I can tell you, I have experienced every single stage of that change with the people that I either talk to or work with. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's weird because it does happen in that order without yeah. me even knowing it, it happens in that order, which is yeah. kind of cool. And to that point, I mean, I think it's really great that you brought up all of the clients that you've had that you identify this with. But in order for our listeners to really gain a sense of empathy, one of the things I would encourage you to do is think of a change in your own life that you had made a decide, you know, like I decided to do X, Y, and Z, whether it was go on a diet or do a different um a different exercise routine, or maybe it had something to do with the way that you changed your finances yourself, whatever that change is, as big or as little as we need to talk about, I want you to think about that and say, when was there a time when I did that? And how do I see myself in those different stages? And then beyond that, not just identifying that you went through those stages, but really taking some time to reflect on what were some of the things that you did to push back? Like when you were pre-contemplative about something, did did you recognize that people were maybe dropping hints that <laughs> that you needed to make that change? Uh, yeah. You know, maybe maybe you saw hints in your own in your own life. Like if you had, if we're going to talk about weight gain, maybe you knew that the scale was upping, you know, a, a pound every couple of weeks or whatever, and you saw those hints, but you were like. Yeah, no, this chocolate cake is way too yummy. I'm not willing to give that up, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's pre-contemplative, end of story. So until there comes a time where the pain is a little bit too much for you to bear, you're going to stay pre-contemplative. So what were some of the pushbacks? What were some of the things that were happening for you during those different stages so that you can then more easily identify what's going on with them and empathize with what's going on with them? Because once we realize that we've all gone through this, it's a lot easier to not get mad (laughs) that they're in that stage, that we just, it's now, it's not a good or bad thing. Now it's just information. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely been several times that I've uh, gone through this process myself. And uh, yeah, I I know all the excuses (laughs) in the book, all the mental excuses as to why I shouldn't do something or don't need to, when I know I ultimately need to, you know, so... Yeah. And when we get to the point where we actually want to, that that is a huge shift it's for a huge us. Shift. Yes. That's right. Because when we're it, it really I think that when we go from now this hasn't necessarily been studied. This is just me talking. Um, but I think that that's one of the biggest shifts that happens that takes us from pre-contemplation into preparation. I'm sorry. Yeah, that goes all the way from there. So from pre-contemplation to contemplation and then ultimately tips us over into uh, preparation. So if, if we're in that pre-contemplative stage where we don't really think there's any issue and then something happens where we realize that there is a need to change, right? Like a doctor says, hey, FYI, if you don't do such and such, you're going to die at this age, right? And we're like, okay, we hear that, whatever. So we need to do that. So then we might start contemplating. But where we go from contemplation into preparation, I think is when we decide we want that change. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. no longer someone imposing that on us. We realize, 
I want that. And it, it might be really hard and I might not know how to do it, but I want it. And that's when they, that's when you see that shift and you'll see it sometimes in their eyes, right? And your own, you'll, you'll feel it in your spirit and you'll go, now things are different. So now I need to prepare. What does that actually look like? Yeah. Yeah. And, and helping people get to that point, um, can sometimes be very difficult, yeah. you know? Um, but I think that as long as you have that empathy and you have that intentionality and you can kind of just like communicate that with your clients or even yourself, you know, mm-hmm. um, if you're able to do that, I think that, you know, it just lets them know that they're not alone, you know? And I think that that's the biggest thing for a lot of people is like, you know, whether it be with their money or with weight loss or whatever it might be, I think that just feeling like they're up against everything alone is a massive thing that keeps people stuck. And I think that that's a huge blessing that we as coaches are able to provide for our clients. Um, and even have, you know, our clients do the same thing for us Mm -hmm. as well, um, to help us grow too. Cause that's something that I've noticed is like when I help someone push past a barrier or, you know, um, get to the next, the next mountaintop or something like that. Sometimes it even affects me and it helps me apply those same teachings, those same lessons, those same actions into my own life in different areas. You know, it could be even with my, my own finances, but it could be, you know, a different area as well, like my health or my relationships. Mm -hmm. And I just think that having that support system is just massive. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I'm really glad you brought that up because I think, I think that that's something that not only, so they need that and we need that. Right. So that's why it's important that what we're doing with the the Facebook groups is is not just the that the clients have somewhere that they can go, but that we coaches also have somewhere that we can go and we can walk through all of this and recognize that we, too, are going through some of these changes. Right. I mean, we might not be necessarily uh, working on our finances, although I know a lot of the coaches that we work with are. I mean, I'm still working on my own finances. You mentioned that you are as well. So any coach who thinks that they've arrived is probably lying to themselves, right? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so, but we need that support as well. And so when we are looking at our own business, for example, we're probably going through a lot of these changes as well. I mean, think about the last time that you, you know, had to do a different marketing thing or some of the stuff we've talked about on this very podcast. It's all new stuff for some people. And it's, it's, they're going to go through this idea of, no, I don't need that. I don't need that in my life. I don't want to do that right now. And then they're going to hear something or they're going to hear it from someone else. They're like, hey, I remember Cody and Maria talking about that. And so maybe I should think about doing that. Now they've gone into contemplation, right? And then they decide, yep, I do want to do that. I don't just need to. I want to do that for my business. And so how do I do that? And they start doing all the the research for preparing for all that. So it doesn't even have to be something where it's like an addiction or something that seems super major. We go through these stages at some of the most basic levels without even realizing that we're doing it. It becomes kind of automatic, I think. Yeah. And in regards to talking about, you know, we as coaches working on our businesses, Mm -hmm. um, you know, with, with our business change can be one of the scariest things in general, can be one of the scariest things. But I think, especially, um, when we're working on our business, especially if it's something that, you know, if someone is, um, doing this full time, you know, having a change could be drastic because that's their livelihood, you know, and, and, you know, maybe it might be someone who's doing it on the side and is trying to build it up. Um, that could also be a, a really scary change. Um, 
simply because they're trying to go full-time because maybe they just are unhappy with their job. But speaking from experience, I have found that every time that I have pushed myself to essentially like move into that stage of change of action, essentially, mm -hmm. yeah. um, every time that I've done it, it has, it has paid so many dividends into my life and into my business. Mm -hmm. um, and a few examples would be, you know, when I decided to, or when I decided to start this business, um, that was scary for me. I didn't know if I was cut out for it. I didn't know um, how it was going to go. I didn't know if it was going to fail and I was going to embarrass myself, but it was a change. And I took action. I did it and it paid off. Um, another one would be investing into my own coaching, you know? Mm -hmm. So for example, um, ever since I started this coaching practice, I invested into three, um, coaching for myself. One was the one to just kind of like learn about coaching and financial coaching and kind of like get myself off the ground. Another one was actually the new money habits masterclass, which I think has helped me become just like a better coach for my clients overall. Mm -hmm. Um, and kind of thinking a little bit more outside the box on things. And then, um, you know, I also invested uh, into another coaching program that was just more so just general business coaching mm -hmm. um, to kind of help, like, you know, scale my business uh, to the next level, restructure my pricing, my packages, my marketing, all that kind of jazz. Um, and every single time that I've done those things, it was scary because, of course, it comes with the price tag. You yeah. know, and, and us being financial coaches, we're always, you know, crunching numbers and we're, you know, it's, it's almost, it's, it's almost ironic because we're <laughs> kind of afraid to invest into ourselves mm -hmm. when we ask people to invest into us, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it's, it's kind of funny that we have that, that kind of like shield in front of us. Um, but I can tell you from personal experience that every single time that I've decided to lower my shield and just trust myself and trust the process and know that like, Hey, I want to get to Z right mm -hmm. now. I'm on a and B. What do I need to do to get there? It seems like this coaching or this investment into myself will help me get, whether it be Z or maybe it might be S or T or U, you know, mm -hmm. somewhere closer to Z. If that's going to move me in the right direction, then I need to have the faith in myself and just do it. And um, <clears throat> every time I've trusted myself and I've been in, I've made that decision to move forward and take that action. Um, it has paid off so much and made me a better coach, made me a better person. Um, and I'm just way more happier. And looking back, I, I would do it again, a hundred times yeah. over. I yeah. love hearing you say it. Um, I've watched it. It's been fun to just kind of see, you know, see you alongside. So, I mean, I wasn't there for the first investment, but I've watched you through the last two that you mentioned. And it mm -hmm. has been absolutely incredible to watch the transformation with you. Um, if I may, to kind of relate it back to the action and the stages that come after action, 
when you've made some of those changes. So I know you invested in the program, but then there are things that you were asked to do that might have been a little bit different. Like you said, you had to learn how to think outside the box and you had to um, try different scaling things for marketing and all that stuff. So um, on some on some things that you were asked to do, you were asked to change some of your habits, I would imagine, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. when you were asked to change some of those habits, one of two things probably happened. You either changed that habit and you were able to maintain a new good habit for a really, really long time, you maintained it, you started something and then reverted back to the old habit, right? I mean, I'm assuming that that's happened a couple times, uh, only because you're human. So, (laughs) So if that happens, what I want you to understand about the stages of change is that that's very, very common for us to relapse or revert back to old habits. And then we just recycle through those different stages of change. The cool thing about it, though, Cody, is that the more that you do it, the more you cycle through, A, the faster it goes, right? So when it, mm-hmm. you might have spent, you know, three months in each stage at the beginning, and then the next time it's only two months and then one month and so on and so forth, it actually goes pretty quick. Sometimes you can get through those stages in 15 minutes if you've recycled through them enough. Um, but eventually, the thing not only becomes shorter, but the relapses become fewer and far between. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you eventually exit out altogether and you really yeah. remain in that maintenance, right? So you're a whole new person at that point. So I want you to understand that as, as a listener, as a coach right now, that your clients are going through these stages and there might be, and by the word might, I mean absolutely positively will be a relapse in their habits. And so mm-hmm. we need to understand that that is not something that is kicks them off the program, like, okay, they're done, that's it, they don't really want this. We need to be able to meet them there and say, okay, what happened? What didn't we prepare enough for? Right? If if we figure Mm -hmm. out in preparation, we probably didn't prepare for this, and then we can make sure that that ends up in our preparation the next time around so that it lessens the chance of it happening again. Yeah, So I I just wanted to bring that up. Yeah, I had a a meeting with a client yesterday, and um, I have found that a lot of clients of mine, at least, and this might be different for other people, I don't know, but it's just an observation that I've made, um, is that, you know, when they when they get into the coaching program, it's usually around like month four-ish, you mm-hmm. know, it could be a little bit sooner, a little bit after, but usually around month four is where, you know, they've been doing things for a few months, they're working the process, um, but it's still a new thing. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so because and it's, it's still exciting, still, yes, and it's, and it's exciting, <laughs> but because it's still new, they, they go through like their first quote unquote relapse or uh low point around the four month marker. Yeah. And, you know, they, maybe they, you know, do some overspending or they just like, don't do the budget at all or, or, you know, something else happens along those lines. Um, but it's usually around month four. And I had met with a client last night who's, uh, he has been with me for about five months now. And, um, this last month he had a slip up and, you know, he overspent. Um, and because of that, he kind of like threw his hands up and, you know, he felt like he was, you know, he messed everything up. So he's like, well, what's the point of finishing it? You know, what's the point of getting back on track? And, um, you know, when we met, things were just a mess, you know, Mm -hmm. but one thing that I really appreciated that he did was that he told on himself, you know, he messaged me um, probably a week before our, our uh, meeting yesterday. 
And he's like, dude, I'm just letting you know that this is what happened. And I'm telling on myself because I want to hold myself accountable. So when we met yesterday, I recognized that. And I was like, listen, what happened happened. But I want to make sure that you understand that the fact that you reached out to me and that you were transparent with me and that you held yourself accountable is massive. Mm-hmm. That is super important. And that's that shows that even though that this mistake or this you know, relapse or whatever happened, that you're making progress overall because you held yourself accountable. And that's a huge part of it. Mm-hmm. And we just talked about like, you know, what happened, why it happened. And then I asked him, I'm like, so what are you going to do in the future when this happens? And how are you going to, uh, you know, pick yourself up? You know, cause he eventually, he, he essentially just fell off the bike and scraped his knee. You know, right. but that doesn't mean he's not going to ride the bike anymore. Right. He still has yep. to get home, you know? Yep. And what so, you just did, well, I, I know you don't even realize that you did it, uh, but what you just used was a technique called supporting self-efficacy. Okay. So, so unpack that. By the end of the, by the end of this, you might have a master's in counseling. Hey, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I'm teasing. Uh, but yeah, that's what you did. And that's actually a really great way to help deal with resistance because in his mind, then that could have gone, that could have gone either way right? The fact mm-hmm. that he came to you was absolutely fantastic. And if you were a different kind of coach, that could have gone very much the other way. If you had said, well, yeah, you're right. You know, that, that is, if you would have shamed him, that, <laughs> that would have probably ended up a little differently. But what you did instead was support self-efficacy. So you were basically helping him understand his belief in himself and his ability to change. Right. You helped to solidify yep. that for him. Um, you help po- focus on his past successes. Mm-hmm. You said you've done this for three, four months. Like you are capable of doing this. And here are some of the skills and the strengths that you have in order to move forward that we can learn from these things. So that's yep. actually what you were doing. So kudos to you for actually implementing a technique that you didn't even realize you were doing. Yeah. Well, thanks. And another thing I told him too, is I actually was like, Hey, I'm actually kind of thankful that this happened. Um, because he's the type of client, like he's a rock star client. He Mm -hmm. crushes it every time. Like he's super intentional. He's very excited. He's on fire, all that jazz, but he messed up this one time. And before that it was like, you know, he wasn't messing up on really anything. I mean, he was doing everything he was supposed to. He did everything I asked him to every time. And I told him, I'm like, dude, I'm actually thankful that this happened because now you know how it feels and you know, you know, how you feel when you fall off and you know that you don't like that Mm -hmm. and it's going to serve you and it's going to help you fall off less often in the future as Mm -hmm. well. Yeah. So, so that was called developing discrepancy. Okay. There's a name for everything. <laughs> there, there is a name for everything. And what's cool about it is if you can name it, you can use it intentionally. Mm-hmm. Right? So when you develop discrepancy, it basically helps to create a gap between where they are and where they want to be. And you allowed him to feel what that was. Right? You allowed yeah. him to identify. Now, you didn't you didn't say, let's create a gap between where you are and where you want to be. Like, that's not intentional use of, right. that, of that technique. But if you help him identify the feeling that he has where he is right now after a slip versus the feeling that he's wanting, then that gap is kind of then just understood. Mm-hmm. And he wants to fill in that gap. He doesn't want to feel that way anymore. Yeah. 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 So see, look at you. You're a rock star. You don't even know it. 
<laughs> I love it. I'm looking at the time and I'm realizing that uh, we haven't really gone through some of the specifics that people can have. I'm going to run through some of those so that they feel like they walked away with something practical today. Uh, but I also want to say, because I'm going to run through them pretty quickly, I'm going to go ahead and make sure that we put this in the show notes for you guys. So uh, just take a time to listen right now. You don't need to take notes on any of this. I'm going to talk faster than you can write, I'm sure. Um, but I want to make sure that you have access to it. So we'll make sure that this goes in the show notes for you. Um, some of our coach motivational tasks that we can do at different stages of change to help people go through them. We've actually touched on them a little bit, but with your permission, Cody, I'm just going to run through a few. Are you okay with that? Absolutely not. Okay. I'll, I, did you say not? <gasps> I know. I know you're kidding. <laughs> um, so for pre-contemplation, if we, and I, I actually want to talk a little bit about, um, where you are doing some of this already. So in pre-contemplation, we want to raise doubt and awareness and help the client to draw connections between their current habits and their pain points that they're experiencing. Now, this is something that I mentioned to you before we even got onto our podcast today mm-hmm. about watching some of the marketing that you've been doing and that we've actually encouraged some of our listeners to start doing as well. And when we are putting things out there about our own lives and the pain points that we have and how our bad habits actually contributed to those pain points, what we're doing for those pre-contemplative listeners or watchers or observers is we are not even putting anything on them. We're putting it all on ourselves, but we're allowing them to see a connection between habits and consequences. Mm -hmm. If indeed they are feeling some of those pain points, they might go, Oh crap. <laughs> I'm doing this thing over here too, right? And it's and you might never ever hear from this person. And that's what I want you to hear out loud, listeners, that the people who we're talking to, because we talk about when you're marketing, you want to know who you're talking to, right? So sometimes our marketing is going to be talking to the pre-contemplative client. Those people, if they remain in pre-contemplation, you'll never ever hear from them. But I want you to hear this. There are people who are watching what you're doing. They are they are observing every little thing. They're not liking your post. They're not they're not sharing your post. They're not engaging at all. But they're, they're watching. In the shadows. That's right. And the people who are in the shadows are either my guess, either pre-contemplative or, or contemplative. And the ones who are pre-contemplative who are really watching you. They're the ones who are going to move to contemplation eventually. And so I just want, I want you to hear that because I know sometimes it can be very, very discouraging when we don't, people who are in action, they're like the ones who are engaging. And if we don't have that engagement, we're like, oh man, the no one, we're not making a difference. And I want you to know you very well might be making a difference for those people. So um, in contemplation, our job is very simply to tip the balance. Right. If, if you think of contemplation, they're weighing the pros and cons. And our job as coaches is to help tip that balance a little bit. So uh, the way that we do that is to help explore reasons for the change and then the risks for not making the change. And I know we can do this with some of the posts that we've talked about before with um, like asking a question and doing a little survey. Right. Um, if you ask the right question, then your your red one can be what would the risk of of not doing that, and your green one could be what would the positive be of doing of making this change. So there are ways to engage people who are in contemplation. Um, we also want to, at this stage, and it might be harder to do this from social media, but sometimes the words we use will, will be great, um, is to help them feel capable of changing their current behaviors. So a really great way to do this is just using our own story 
using the story of other people um, and helping them realize that those other people aren't superheroes, that we're not superheroes, we're humans. And, and that whole phrase of if I can do it, anyone can do it is a really good example of how we can help people feel capable. Having said that, that phrase is pretty well overused. So yep. find, find different, more creative ways to do it. But that's the underlying idea there. Okay, so then once they have gone from that, they're going to go into preparation. And sometimes it's called determination. I forgot to mention that. But if you see this, they just, they're determining what to do. They're preparing. Um, but at this time, we want to help our client determine and prepare for the next best steps in seeking different outcomes. Quite simply. Mm -hmm. A lot of times this will be something we can do with them in that initial call that they have with us, the initial consultation. Right. Um, in action, our job is to provide support and accountability as our client takes those intentional steps towards change. Pretty simple, right? Yep. Isn't it funny that the simple stuff is actually the stuff that we've been doing all this time and we forget mm -hmm. about all of those other ones? Okay. Um, and then when we get them from action, one of the things that we want to do for someone who's in maintenance is to help them identify the potential pitfalls and then create strategies to prevent their return to old habits. So in maintenance, our job is really to try to keep them from going to that relapse. So if we were to dissect uh, just a little bit, the guy that you just mentioned who had been doing everything right for four months, mm -hmm. if you had gone through this podcast ahead of time, what I probably would have had to do is before he falls, let him know what's happening, <laughs> right? Like prepare oh, yeah. him for that uh, because that whole idea, and it, it's not to discourage anybody. It's actually to encourage them so that when this happens, they're not freaked out and they know to come back to you and how to prepare for that type of thing. So, yep. um, and then of course, somebody who's in relapse, our job is to help them revamp, renew and re-engage in the stages without getting stuck or demoralized. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and just offering them that that support and that guidance. Yeah, which is what you did with mm -hmm. all of the other stuff that we just talked about before. So, so yeah. how does that sound? Do you feel like you just got a crash course in how to get a client through the different stages of change? How to identify where they are, what you can do, and who you're supposed to be talking to at different <laughs> different stages? Yes. Yeah, and I, I think that it's a it's a pretty cool thing to know, um, especially with like the marketing side of things, you know, like I, I think that when, when we have a client and, you know, we're working with them, we get into a pretty good flow. And, and I think that, um, you know, it almost comes naturally for, I mean, at least, at least for, for myself, I, I know that it might be a struggle for other people, but, um, I'm actually you know, going to hit pause there. And I'm going to say that I'm, I'm actually glad you identified that because I was <laughs> going to, if you hadn't. It does come naturally to you, which is very evident in some of what we've been talking about, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. That's not always the case. No, it's not. And and yeah. I don't even know, since I didn't know you, you know, a year and a half, two years ago, I don't know if it would have been the case initially either. Uh, because I think, I think with practice, some of this stuff becomes more natural. And so if you're looking at your business right now and the way that you interact with clients right now, it'd be very easy to say, yeah, this is pretty natural for coaches. I have found the opposite to be true, that it's not necessarily natural for coaches. In fact, in this financial coach world, I've told, I've said a lot of times that a lot of ways that we get here is because we went through a certain process and then we've been asked to help other people. And when we are in that mindset where it's like, this is what got us in to the, the promised land for ourselves, this is what's going to get them where they want to go as well. 
sometimes we have a really hard time understanding these because we've gone through the stages. We didn't recognize that. And we are like 100% in action slash maintenance, right? And we mm-hmm. kind of expect everyone else to be there as well. And when they're yeah. not, that's when we go, oh, they're just not ready. So I just want yeah. to caution the listeners for, for two reasons. One, if you don't have this come naturally to you, don't hit stop on this and give up, okay? Because I don't think it comes naturally to most people. Um, the other thing is, with practice, it will become more natural. Even if you can't name the things like like Cody and I were just talking about, the, the process and the understanding will become a little bit more natural for you. Yeah, and I, and I want to uh, double down on that because I can tell you that um, – while things might come a little bit more naturally for me now, um, when I first started coaching, I didn't really know what I was doing. I mean, like I had a pretty good idea, but I was kind of just like trying things and seeing if it worked, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it was not natural at first. Uh, it was, it's something that has become natural mm-hmm. rather than having it, you know, just be a natural thing from the get go. Um, And that does come with that practice, you know, because like something that I always do is like after a a call, if I have like a a moment with someone or, you know, because you kind of know, like when you're in the when you're in a a coaching session with someone and something just clicks Mm -hmm. for your client, you know, you can Mm -hmm. see it in their eyes, you can hear it in their voice, everything. Right. And whenever I have those moments. After the call, I sit down and I write it down and I'm like, this is, this was like the topic that we were talking about. This is what I said. This is what, how they responded. And this was the outcome of it. Right. Mm -hmm. And I just write it down and I have like a little bit of a notebook for it. And, um, you know, just, I don't necessarily like refer back to it by any means, but just writing it down helps me retain it more because Mm -hmm. then I might be able to take that that either whether it be a lesson or a discussion or whatever it might be. And I can almost kind of apply it to other clients who might have similar situations, because I think that you, you would know that as you get more clients, you see patterns in clients. Yep. Pretty often, you know, probably 80% of your clients are actually very similar. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you can, if you can like see those patterns and you can be like, oh, this is happening right now. And I remember when that was happening for this person and it led to this outcome or this thing that happened. Let me kind of insert this topic of discussion so we can maybe hit that before it comes to fruition or maybe, you know, give them some support in some way uh, when they actually need it. Um, yep. And that's how you kind of build that that natural ability, you know? Yep. So it's, it's, it's not necessarily natural. It's, uh, it's something that just comes with consistency and practice and intentionality. Yep. And I'll, I'm willing to bet if you go back and actually look at all of those notes, there might be some times when you're like, I want to talk about this topic, but I'll bet that most of it is actually the approach that you used in the moment. And that's where you're going to mm-hmm. see the, the string of connectivity. Like that's, that's where you're going to see everything like, oh, it wasn't because I was talking about this topic because that specific topic was actually, you know, specific to them, but it was the way that I approached them. If they, if they resisted something and I just, it was a, you know, like, nope, that's absolutely not okay. Versus let's roll with that a little bit. Let's see what happened. Let's unpack that a little bit. It's probably your approach that was trialed and aired and you realize this is what's working uh, so I think it's really, really great that you admit that that is the case with you. 
<laughs> for, for, for your sake and for the sake of our clients. So thank you. Because I know that this stuff just doesn't usually, I mean, people can be more apt to things like empathy and, you know, and, and just personality things might be a little bit more natural for people. Um, but I just think when it comes to change and helping people with that, it, it really is a developed skill. So, yeah. And, yeah. and I think that you have it. And I think that our listeners are quite capable of having that as well. So anyway, this has been really, really fun. Thank you so much for letting me unpack all of this stuff with what you've been doing in, in your marketing and with your clients and really just kind of giving our listeners a way to see in action what some of these things are. Are there any things that you'd like to add to this before we wrap up today? Um, I think really the only thing that I would like to add is that we've talked quite a bit about, um, you know, the stages of changes and how to kind of like help our clients with that. Mm -hmm. But I also want to turn the page um, or flip the script a little bit and just kind of push the listeners, you, the mm. coaches. I'm um, liking where this is going, Cody. Yes. Yeah. Because I said it earlier. But I think that we as coaches are often very timid to invest into ourselves or push ourselves through a change um, mm. that may that maybe we might need, right? Um, it might be because it's scary or it's unknown or they feel like, you know, they're going through it alone or, you know, it could be a number of things. But I want to push you, if you feel like you need to make a change, then find a way to make that change because mm. it's going to serve you. And if it doesn't serve you, then, Hey, you learn something, you know, and you can take a lesson from that, but no matter what you're going to grow, whether it's going to be something that's going to be good for you or something that maybe you try and you fall flat on your face, either way you're going to grow. So mm -hmm. if something is pulling at your heart, if something feels like needs to be done, then take it upon yourself and walk the walk and make that change. It'll be better for you and it'll speak volumes to your clients and the people who are watching you as well. So that's yep. my last little nugget that I'd like to pass along to the listeners because um, I know that everyone has it in them. It's just a yeah. matter of doing it. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, I do want to say, since you brought up this, this whole topic, when you talked about investing in yourself and you talked about how you wanted to get from point a to point z i didn't interrupt you at the time but this thought came to mind and now it's here again so i'm going to go ahead and just add it to it especially for the listener who is trying to contemplate whether or not to invest in themselves mm -hmm. because they don't know where they want to go <laughs> they don't know what z is and so sometimes it's very easy for us to go i don't even know where the hell i'm trying to go like why am i going to pay someone to help me get there and the thought that came to my mind when you were talking earlier was I wonder how many times Z changed for Cody because so we, many times. We, we, so, we so many times are like, I want to go from here to here. And then when we get into the thick of it, we realize that's not even where we really want to go. It's either mm -hmm. where somebody said we should go or where someone, or we thought we needed to go, but it isn't even where we want to go. And sometimes just the, just the exchange of money. I know this sounds insane, but just the exchange of money being willing to invest in yourself sometimes helps you gain clarity on where it is that you're wanting to go. It allows you to go, I'm worth figuring this out. 
And I don't want to go into long stories about that, but I can tell you from personal experience, the first time I spent $10,000 on someone's coaching was a life changer for me. Yeah. 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 And I agree. And and I think that it's important to note that I said A to Z Mm -hmm. and not A to B, Mm -hmm. right? Because Z can and oftentimes does change quite a bit. But you're not going to make a massive leap. You're not going to start at A and get to Z with one decision. You know, mm-hmm. there's there's so many different decisions, so many different paths, etc. So, you know, whether you make a decision to help yourself, help yourself get to that version of Z that is in your mind currently, maybe that decision gets you from A to K, you know, like who knows. But say Z changes, you're still on K. Mm-hmm. You know, like that, that decision probably and in, in oftentimes does help you get towards the ultimate Z, no matter yeah. what it is, even if it does change, because yeah. you're investing into yourself, you're improving, you're growing, you're learning all of these things. So it's important to know that even if you don't know what Z exactly is at this exact moment, if something feels like it's the right thing to do, and that it's going to serve you oftentimes it will. Yeah. And one last little nugget is less people think that we're trying to sell them on a specific coaching package. It's not always the exchange of money that is necessary. Time is money too, right? So you can invest time as well. So if you're trying to figure out where where do I even want to go? Like you might not even know where you'd want to invest the money, then at least commit yourself to investing some time to go from point A to point B, right? And then from point B to point C. Invest time in asking other people, what did you do? How did you get there? What would you suggest? Don't just stay in your own little bubble and assume that things are going to get better or that they're going to shift. I mean, maybe things feel fine, but they're not going to change for you. So make sure that you are investing not just money, but also time and energy into the things that help you really decide what it is that you want to do and where you want to go. Thanks so much for adding that, Cody. Yeah. And and a great place to do that would be the Facebook group. You know, so we have have that Facebook group. It's called uh, New Money Habits Financial Coaches. You know, just if you don't want to make an investment in as far as money, but more so time and just connecting, that's a great place to, to do it. Um, you know, start a conversation, ask some questions. Um, you know, a lot of the coaches in there are super helpful. Uh, they're great people, awesome hearts. Uh, and it's just a good place to get started. So, yeah. you know, if you want to hop in there, you're more than welcome. We have some great coaches in there who are in action. So it's a fantastic place to be if you're contemplative. <laughs> Yeah. As, yeah. as we use our new terminology for today <laughs> <laughs> and apply it to what's going on. Thanks so much, everyone, for listening today. It's been an honor to have Cody ask all these questions and be able to share this information with you. Check the show, the show notes for all of the extra information, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Financial Coaches Podcast, brought to you by New Money Habits and Sizemore Financial Coaching. Submit your questions to our host by emailing podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. Be sure to subscribe to be notified of future episodes and join our growing group of like-minded coaches on Facebook. And until next time, happy coaching. Music provided by Summer School.